Hello, hello. Well, I was absolutely honored and humbled to be able to talk with Corey. He is a man who has endured far more than most in life, starting at a very young age in a very abusive upbringing with parents who had severe addiction issues, being bouncing around in foster homes. He somehow was able to come out on the other side. Not only did he succeed, but his goal now is to help others succeed. And he does this through basketball through his love and passion for basketball that he has taken into the aboriginal communities he works with youth and his goal is to help them not to live the past that he went through so i hope that you feel as inspired as i did and um yeah let's just dive right in here shall we You know, you and I, we met through your lovely wife, Candice, and it was at your son Noah's third birthday party where my son Casper basically destroyed the birthday cake. (laughs) (laughs) My husband and I were mortified. Yeah, but, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but um, so what can you do? What can you do? You're right. I remember you mentioned just about your life and your background and a documentary that you're working mm-hmm. on and what you do for a living. And I thought, wow, this is a man who has a really fascinating story. If you don't mind, I just want to dive right in. And can you just tell me like a bit more about yourself in general? So a bit about myself. What I, what I do right now currently is I... I I'm, I train athletes. Mm-hmm. I'm more so am big in the indigenous communities. Um, being being a Métis myself, born in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, I don't know a lot about actually who I am and what I what what the Métis is. I didn't live and breathe the culture, um, having the life that I that I had. Um, I was younger, in a foster home the actual foster mom took me to the Métis Association and got my, I don't know if it's a status card, but I I guess we get a number Mm. uh, and a card and when, you know, an ancestry thing. So I got one and it's a very old looking piece of almost like a a cardboard feeling piece of paper. Nowadays you got the laminated, the laminated. uh, How old were you at the um, time? I was probably 11. Okay. I remember it's when I first went into foster care. I, I first went in the, got taken away. Right. Um, when I was around 10 years old. And so. you were taken out of an abusive uh, living situation. Yeah. So, so I had a, a pretty, a pretty rough upbringing, which uh, no kid should ever have to, you know, go through as a human being. Being a kid, you I, I shouldn't have went through the pain and and suffering that I that Absolutely. I did. Absolutely, yeah. Um, my mom and dad were heroin addicts. Okay. What I do remember is driving across the country mm. to come to BC. So we were in. I, I remember being in a station wagon. We we set up a mattress in the back of this those old school long station right. wagons. Yes. And we drove across the country. And I remember that, and then we ended up at the trailer park, which which was the uh, which was the start of my uh, abusive memory. And when I say abusive memory, it's when I only remember what happened, what is what happened to me, and what I went through. And so yeah. we went to a trailer park, and that was the start of it all. Okay. 
here's how it led to where I am now. I, at a, at a young age, going through this stuff, I have I have two si- I have three siblings, two sisters and a brother. Okay. And and being a part of a, a trailer park motel environment where all there is is alcoholics and drug addicts, hookers, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. And being a kid and being a part of that, you you almost I thought about it every day that let me back it up when we when you get abused as a child um sexually abused um physically abused and obviously the mental part of it is huge yeah and seeing it every day your mom and dad are beating each other more so dad beating my my mother mm-hmm. and also the the sexual side of it where mm-hmm. my mom would bring different men into the house and then vice versa my dad would bring different women in, into the house wow. yeah. and you and you yeah and you've seen it live i mean and, and it's vivid i, I won't have to get into description all i can tell you it was vivid i saw it mm-hmm. um live and 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 so when you're when that's when you go through that every single day of your 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 life for years of your life and all you think about is is this what i'm going to be like is this how i'm going to turn Fuck, out to absolutely. be absolutely yeah right? that um, that world that you were in started to become your normal world which should never it have been normal. it was probably so hard for you to see how to see past that cuz it was so consuming yeah. i imagine very so how very did you consuming. get to where you are now like here's here's what i i noticed and then this is and this is the question i get asked all the time like like you mentioned in the beginning that i'm making a documentary and one yeah. of the questions in the documentary is is how how is it that we can look at you and you don't look like someone that's been in that situation mm-hmm. and and i and it's and it's very true and obviously it goes with ju- don't judge a book by its cover you don't know what someone has been through but at a young age this is what happened this is why i do what i do with the with basketball and, and communities and stuff like that is at a young age i i i figured out what was going on i noticed myself being very alpha male okay. which means i was the youngest simply but i felt like the oldest sibling if that made sense yep. which means my mentality was to protect was to help was to was to give as much as i can mm-hmm. to to my brothers and sisters that were going through the same thing but yet but yet i had to but i but i was the one at 8 years old roaming the streets trying to look for money which means collecting bottles whatever it may be going to other motels cuz i knew where the alcoholics were collecting their bottles wow taking it for miles to go cash it in and bring some money home to get us you know some bread and some eggs all the the cheap stuff that we can try to get and i found myself being like that at a very young age mm-hmm. and as i'm doing this i'm seeing other people i would walk into other motels and stuff like that and see other people drunk on you know pass out on their grasses or shooting up in the corners yeah. of their trailers and stuff like that and i'm looking at it and i'm just like i want to help Aww. i felt this urge Aww. to help i was like eight or nine years old and wow. i had this urge like i want to help you you were but so empathetic wow yeah and here's a kid going through the same thing. I'm going through it the same thing, going home to abuse and watching it was normal to see my mom and dad high heroin needles hanging out their arms. It was normal. It was like, oh, there they go again, getting yeah. high, shooting up. It was normal. So when I saw it, I was like, how can I help? 
but yet I'm going through this. Yeah. I'm going through I'm going through hell and back. Like I said, a kid shouldn't go through, and here I am wanting to help other Somehow people. Somehow you were able to separate yourself and see the big picture, and you yeah. you, you use that empathetic and compassion side of you to be louder and stronger than all the other bullshit around you. And that's very impressive, right. and that takes a very strong person. <laughs> right, and that's the and that was, but you know what? As we talk about that, and as I was growing up, I started to to. Uh, to portray this person and not in a way that I didn't want to help but that I was so strong and nothing was happening to me if that mm-hmm. makes sense yes. so I masked it so I could help other people but I right. wasn't really dealing with my own my own uh, darkness my, right. own, my own demons and, and did so, that catch up with you at some point it did catch up with me I started to be very I was I was going into my teenage years and this is when I started to, we transitioned to uh, to foster care but let's just back it up again on how I how I stayed away. So when I, I kept going to school in this all this predicaments and all this abuse, I kept going, taking myself to school because I'm like, there's only one outlet. It's either I'm roaming the streets or I'm mm. going to school to get away from this for a few hours. Yeah. So I went to school. I went to school. I was bullied. I was I was the kid that was smelling funny, didn't eat, ripped mm-hmm. clothes. No one wanted to be my friend. I was a loner. I lied. I lied about my life and where I was from, where I lived, who my parents were, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But you know what? You know what I did at a for a very long time was basketball. It drew me in. Yeah. I love sport, not just the basketball. Me too. I love to to be. I love to compete. Mm -hmm. And when I compete, and when I was competitive, my nature was like, I want to win. I want to beat you. But I was. But at the same time, I was afraid. I was afraid to be humiliated. I was afraid yeah. to be made fun well, of. You didn't, be you didn't know your worth. You were never yeah. taught. You're never shown it. And so you're in now in an environment in basketball where you felt like maybe you did have a natural ability, but maybe it scared you to know how to go about expressing and showing it. Right. 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 <sighs> it, I, so I would spend countless hours at the basketball court just to stay away from my mom and dad. It was and an I, outlet. I, yeah. It was an outlet. And I remember how much anger I put into my, to, to now we call it training. I mean, I was eight, nine years old. I don't think I was training, but I was, mm-hmm. I was loving the game at that time. But I put so much anger towards my training that it, it, it helped me release whatever Absolutely. I was feeling. Because at that age, I couldn't release all that on my mom and dad, more so my dad. I want, I, I'm sorry to use these words. I wanted to kill him, but I was yeah. young. And I yeah. knew what he can do to me. Yeah. So I released it on the basketball court. Yeah. And basketball became my passion. It became my outlet. It became my saving mm-hmm. grace. Amazing. Yeah. And then you you went you took it one step further, where then you in return wanted to help others find that same passion through basketball. Right. Mm-hmm. And here's what I've learned throughout the years, is. I was that not, I was that kid that was so angry inside that whenever somebody wanted to help me, the words were, "How are you going to help me when you have no understanding of what I've been through?" I get it. Yeah. You're educated. You're smart. You may give me some outlets and tips on how to deal with it, but you actually have no understanding of what I've been through because you haven't been through it. So that part of it pissed me off. And right. so what I what I what I what I turned that into is understanding the kids that I that I help and deal with now is 
you can't just go up to a kid and say, okay, my man, tell me what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. No, that's not how it works. You mm-hmm. gotta, you gotta, you gotta get in there with something they love to do, like a passion of basketball. Yeah. Find some common ground. Let them know that you ground. can relate on some level. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I did that. So I started doing that. I transitioned into the Aboriginal community and playing in the, there's a lot of tournaments in the Aboriginal communities. Like Mm -hmm. Aboriginals, for the most part, stick to their reserves. Most of them are like very run down and you can tell, but their basketball facilities are like their temples. Wow. Every kid is always there all the time to stay away from what they're going through on the reserve. Right. Uh, how accurately is it portrayed in the documentary series on Netflix, Res Ball? Oh, uh, I, so those, those, that Res Ball one that I saw, I believe it's in the States. Um, mm-hmm. So I haven't been to a lot of states. I travel a lot more throughout Canada reserves and, and whatnot. But the accuracy of when it becomes ball, like that is their, that is their life. It's their life. It's their, they're on point. They live and breathe basketball. When I go into these communities, it's like it, it, you, it's a it's a shock. You're like, wow! It brings back these memories of what I've been through, just yeah. for the just for the look alone on the on the living on the living alone. You're just like, wow! What are these kids? What are these kids living like? You you will have the kids be there, and you'll have very few parents coming out to support that, and okay. that's where the problem lies. When they mention Corey Breland and we do this big, um, you know, um, kind of preview of what I'm going to do, what I bring. Corey Breland's coming to the community. Let's get everyone excited, you know, make posters and stuff like that. And when I go in there, you, you'd you be surprised, like, the the amount of how – do I, how do I put it in words? It's mm. like they're just craving that attention from mm. – you know, an adult figure where, where they want, yes. you know what I'm saying? They want to feel yes. like they want that. Somebody. They want to be validated. They yes. want that mentorship. They want yes. that person to come in and give them the, give them the time of day. <laughs> yes. Yes. And yeah. so when I first get in there and, and, and start, of course, there's kind of a little bit like, who's this guy? You know, there's, there's mm-hmm. that, like, why is he walking in? What, what is he trying to do? You know, there's that, Right. uh, You know, kind of not resentment, I would say, but they're trying to push you a little bit, your button, see how you're going to react. You probably just you going through what you have, you probably are able to break through those barriers, barriers with these young teens in a way that others can't. So I'm hoping and assuming that they warm up to you quite, quite fast. I come to these communities for about five days minimum. Each reserve represents their own community and trains mm-hmm. and trains for this big tournament called the all native it's the biggest okay. tournament in the native community i'm talking it's like their olympics and wow. every reserve represents their nation in this tournament over 150 teams and so when i go there it's it is to train the junior all natives senior all natives and the kids but but the biggest part of my my basketball draft when I send them is we spend about if I'm there for five days about five hours so an hour a day on talking about what I've been through letting them hear 
that what's which is very important this is the key thing is letting them hear here's this guy that walks in wow you went through that so my story and then they and i tell them the the best part about is how i came out of it how i transitioned into what i do now how i went to college how i graduated college and and, and high school and for them they're like what what they see and what i saw when i was a young kid like yeah. i said is this going is this built in me is it my psyche it's in my dna like am i going to turn out to be this way they're thinking the same thing so when they have totally. someone like me that has been on the same path of hell and destruction and came out the way i came out it gives them hope absolutely i was going to use that word yeah. hope you're giving them hope i go into the communities and i actually train them now my training consists of very you know it's very strict it's it's hard it's very um mechanical footwork all that stuff um but right they start to get an understanding on on who i am because they're used to coming into having just people from the you know the reservations and the communities like parents being the coach parents mm-hmm. being the trainers which you know they don't have all that uh, the education behind them so when they get yeah. the trainer that comes in they're they're ecstatic but oh absolutely like i yeah. said before they try to push your buttons they try to not listen they're running around so i i i right away get um we get them huddled up in the beginning and i tell them my expectations mm-hmm. and they know and then they get it they they we go through my workout and if there's any interruptions from any of the kids uh they know the disciplines behind it so i give them a sense of having that uh that responsibility like you got to be you know responsible for your actions and they learn that real quick at, good at yeah end of every uh train that we do the training session that we do we sit down we regroup and we talk about what we've learned what we, what they've learned they talk about it they give me some feedback and then i spend about a half an hour 45 minutes on talking them little snippets about my life and more mm-hmm. into the motivational talking the inspirational motivational but i need to give them kind of like a a play by background background where yeah. it came from so yeah. that that's what it that's where it comes from and you'll be surprised after all that ends at the end of it it's like i have kids hanging from my legs and my hips do you Aww. have to go right now can we stay here with you like it's so sad and and I do I spend my hours just being there being present I you know I'm there I'm I going the only place I go to is to the gym to train them and go back to my hotel right so I'm there right and so I spend extra hours with them hanging out with them. I hang out with them I talk to them I I give them I give them hope some of them not some of them a lot of them open up to me and stuff mm-hmm. about what they're going through and that's because they feel safe yeah. they feel safe to, and to talk to you like, yeah wow this guy really cares and i do but the hardest part is that the fifth day that i'm there i have to leave you know i got to right. come back to my family i have parents coming mm-hmm. up to me and saying cory like we need someone like you in these communities i wish we had someone like you in these communities cuz it just i bring hope i bring hope to these youths man and it's it's the toughest thing for me to do is leave but it doesn't end there i give them my contact instagram social media um facebook yeah. everything my number my phone number my email i say look 
this doesn't end here. You need me, you contact me. I'm here for you. Amazing. Any part of the yes. night, any part of your life, I'm here for you. And that is like um, you're going above and beyond. Yeah. And I feel like there needs to be more people like you. <laughs> so with with this role that you have taken on, are there others that also do it? Yeah. And can there be can there be mentors like put in to these Aboriginal communities on a regular basis, or is there just not the funding or the the desire for someone to do that so here's how it works yes there's trainers out there and mm-hmm. yes they caught they cost an arm and a leg to get them there and and here here's here's the problem someone asked me you need help Corey. why don't you hire people and i say to them yeah i will not hire people because they don't do what i do they got to have the same mentality. Oh, but you have to give more faith in people, though. What if you found more people with your mentality, and there could be more people like you out there? Right. I understand that. I and I and I've and I've had that response as well. And you're absolutely right. I I, I need to have more faith that there's people like that out there. But then I qu- ask myself, why am I the only one doing this, going to these reserves and communities? If there's people yeah. like that out there i know there's parents then where and are where they, are they? Yeah. where can i find them please bring them to me you know like yes i would love yeah. to have a team of me <laughs> if that makes sense yeah no it does. Know, yeah. Is here's here's what you you need to know when i yeah. connect with these kids i connect with them on a level where i feel everything they've gone through because i went through it there's nothing i didn't go through that these kids are going through and so when I hire people, it's almost yes. like, I don't know if this sounds uh, uh, bad or selfish. Like, it's like, hey, man, here, here's our interview. Hey, did you get abused and sexually abused when you were younger? It's like, how do you, how do you interview someone like that? <laughs> you you know? Yeah, no, no, I understand. I understand what you're saying, but I see why that part is so fundamentally important. Right. I recognize the importance of that. But yeah, I mean, probably not the best interview open I know. line, I, but, but I see I see what you're yeah. saying. I was just trying to say like it's like you have you you almost have to explain totally. what I've been through for you to actually yeah. understand and help these kids. And yeah. not just go yeah. through and it, I respect and not that. just go through it, actually go through it and come out of it, you know, successful. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it absolutely does. hundred percent. It totally like, does. I believe in the people that have a, you know, are, are a big catalyst for change. That's who I am. You know, I, it's, it's our generation, the next generation, you know, the cycles of trauma, it has to be broken. And the big word that I'll use is I broke the cycle from my own family. Unfortunately, unfortunately, my sisters and brothers didn't. My young, my sister. I was gonna. Yeah, I was curious. Yeah, they yeah. didn't. My sister was a heroin addict at fifteen. Um, yeah, oh. and my brother and um, eldest sister, my the oldest one in the family, were you know the the meth, the cocaine, the drugs, the pills, all that stuff. They've carried on that cycle where their kids are feeling the the trauma traumatic effects. And here's that problem too: is wow. I've separated myself from them. So if you put your you know in a group, here's my brothers and sisters, and here's Corey way out in another pack. I was a different breed, Nicole. I don't know why. Yeah. I, and but uh, what I do know is that I I I had to go through what I went through to be the person I am today. It sucked. 
Absolutely. I've hated. I have a lot of. I have a lot of demons that I've dealt with, conscious of my health and how I was going to be. And my biggest thing is like I just didn't want to be like my family, like my dad, more, more, more. So like I didn't want to be like him. And you really learned what not to do from your yes, parents. Absolutely, learning from your parents' mistakes. It's not the the way that you want to carry right. on their memory but it's it's the probably the most impactful yeah because you took that to such an a high place now i did i did and um you know it took me a while to to really to accept that to accept like okay um I'm, i was supposed to go through this i was meant to go through this because yeah. someone has to break a cycle someone has to teach these kids that a cycle needs to be broken and the next generation that we're having is the generation to break the cycle so we got to really instill that in them yes yes instill those good morals and those values and those abilities to conquer demons and to separate themselves from all of the negative bullshit um i want to kind of like start wrapping things up and i would love if you could just tell a bit more about um the documentary and how people can watch um we will be putting out just on instagram my instagram is cory breland my name and my facebook is cory breland as well so just facebook me instagram me there's always i put motivational stuff up for the kids showing what i do with my work my documentary will be awesome. I, i do little snippets of it like giving little previews to every um it's co- it's going <laughs> to be called against all odds um Yeah, great title. It's just basically, you know, n- trying to break the cycle and not being a statistic. What the documentary is going to be about, it's going to it's get, gets really dark at first, so it gives you my life, like a little bit of that we talked about mm-hmm. now, but really detailed. It gets very dark. I get very emotional. Um you'll hear things to the point where you're like, "Oh my god." Then it gets into the part where I transition yeah. slowly into um who I start becoming and it ends very motivational up, upbringing and you know spiritual and everything where you're just like good. yeah you, it, it will leave you feeling like yes good job boy like power empowered like, I'm going to change yeah. like on this is what yeah. this is going to represent yeah. um so I was fortunate enough to get someone to do this for me pro bono cuz it is hard to say like look I can't afford someone for an hour and a half documentary for months and months and months of mm-hmm. filming. I couldn't do it. So I it took me this long mm-hmm. Nicole, to get someone to actually finally say, "Hey, I want to take this on. This needs to be this need this story wow. needs to get out there." And that's what he said. That's what the documentary is about. It's going to be posted on on the social media websites like my Instagram and Facebook and we're going to upload it to YouTube. But the biggest thing is is we're going to try to get it into schools. And is where your yeah. most impact will be. They right. hold assemblies, DVD that people right. can buy for 5, 10 bucks, whatever is affordable. Whatever whatever way you do it, you can get that into schools. I think you yes. really touched on something. Yeah, I want to reach mm-hmm. as many people as I can and if there's anyone out there that just feels this kind of little little talk that me and you have and say like I want to help like I'm always looking for help I'm always looking to go to different communities and 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 get in there even if it's just speaking it doesn't have to be basketball anything I can do to just give my yep. piece of my story and let 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 people hear it fantastic well thank you so much for saying that and thank you for your time right now thank I really you. meant a thank lot Cory 
bringing me on. I hope uh, I hope we can inspire some people and you know just uplift 